Conrad, a working mom of a toddler and an elementary school kid. And I'm Claire, the mom of two boys who are also in elementary school, and I also work full-time. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Hi guys, uh, this is Claire, and I'm here with Sarah, and welcome to the middle of everything. Hello, hello. We're recording this on Monday, President's Day, so we've both been home with our kids for three-day weekend. Is that the President song that I just hummed? I thought I thought it was. I think so. I, I think so. I don't know. Or maybe the graduation song? Was it the president's song or the graduation song? I don't know. I don't know. I'm brain dead. Are you? Yeah. It's been a long three-day weekend, friends. But it has. Anyways, before we before we jump in, what's going on with you? Do you have a big weekend? No. And I think it's because I am I have hit that point in the winter where I am so over school holidays. I am so over being inside. I don't know if it's like cabin fever. We've had a run of cold weather. So we've been in a lot and we've just been lazy. And I feel like we've done all the things like that. The indoor, you know, we've gone to the children's museum. We've gone to the aquarium. We've gone to the movies about a bajillion times. And I am just over it. I'm over all of it. And, and, you know, so we're recording this on Monday. We're looking at another possible snow day tomorrow or the next day because of some weather that's supposed to come in. And I'm just like, I cannot <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, totally. So last weekend, we straight up did a movie doubleheader, like a Saturday, Sunday. We burned through those gift cards. We, we got some some movie gift cards for Christmas, which came in, you know, definitely came in handy. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's absolutely the same. We've had uh, sleepovers and just too much TV time and every possible we went we went to the library uh, yesterday and stocked up on books the kids and I did knowing they were going to be closed today. I mean, plowing through I mean, just everything I feel like there's not like we we can't consume entertainment consuming it faster than I can come up with it at this point. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've I've lost all standards for screen time at this point. Like I they just ask and I'm just like, sure, what whatever. <laughs> like video games, movies, TV shows. Like and it, today at a certain point, I, well, I mean we we I let him watch for a little while this morning cuz I was trying to get some things done, <clears throat> podcast editing. But then after that, I kind of got to a point where I was just like shut it down. No, we're not doing this. Finally, we we ended up just running a couple errands and it was 35 degrees and we went to the park because I was just I like, that. we need to get outside. <laughs> like, and they wanted to go. Like we were literally the only people. <laughs> I know. I saw you post something about being the only people there. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Obviously yeah. you're the only people there. <laughs> terrible idea we we bundled yeah we they they put on hats they put on coats they ran around till there was like frozen snot running down their faces and you know their noses were like pink and their cheeks were pink and then I said okay I mean it was 15-20 minutes max we just it was close to the house it was on the route we were running errands and I was fed up and so they did it they came home the little one passed out on the couch towns just woke up and he's been asleep for like two hours on the couch and we all just needed to get out there for a little bit but i mean and luckily today it was sunny yeah all whining aside that cold fresh air is so so good for them i mean especially Mm -hmm. like, like your kids were bundled up small doses but they need it i also did boot mine out 
Um, I wasn't brave enough to go with them. Um, but I did boot them out into the front yard to practice their scooters, um, nice. you know, before lunch today. So I, yeah, I definitely think it's necessary and, and probably a good thing. So, uh, so listeners, it's February. How do you stay sane? <laughs> Tell us. Give us I mean, because another month of this. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hey, did the groundhog see his shadow? I don't even know. Do you know? I don't remember. I mean, maybe it's a groundhog thing. And I don't even remember which way it goes. A shadow spring or no spring? I don't know. Um, but if he sees his shadow, there is three more months of winter or something. Three more look. months? Dear God. <laughs> Weeks? Okay. I just, in talking about this, have now decided that my husband and I are going to be watching Groundhog Day tonight. So that's something to be excited about. That'll... That'll help me get through the day. Um, oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It and, is. And can I just tell you, too, like, I forgot how much. So American Airlines has started. They always have had the movies on that you can pick or whatever. But finally, they did what in our family we've been discussing for a really long time, which is like they've preloaded some classics on the airline. So, like, for uh -huh. example, when we were flying um, overseas at Christmas, like options included. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Breakfast nice. Club, Groundhog Day, like those movies that are just like straight up comfort food, you know. Totally. Totally. You've seen them a million times. Like those, which is, by the way, exactly what I want to watch on an airplane. Like I'm not. You can you know, fall I'm asleep. It's like, no big deal. Fall myself to sleep. Or, exactly. Absolutely. Okay. But what we realized is that all of those movies, we've only really at least in recent memory, watched on TV um, with like a TV edit of it, basically. And so there's so much funny stuff that I had forgotten. And I, I Groundhog Day is one we watch actually pretty regularly. Like I'm going to say once, once a, a year. year. So we have some, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like with Caddyshack. Like we just we have some regulars that are just like our solid go to's. But anyway, I'd forgotten some of the funny scenes. So Here's what I'm going to do and here's what everyone should do. Go find it. Go rent the damn movie, the actual movie with no commercials or anything like that. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not. And then I'm going to watch that. Too. I don't know. Oh, and I just made a plan. I'm so excited about plans. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, enjoy. And listeners, get ready to hop into our interview with Morgan Phillips. You're going to love you're going to love um, the interview. We Yeah, it, it actually went to a few different surprising places. Well, maybe that's not maybe that in and of itself is not that surprising um, if you've listened mm -hmm. to how some of our interviews have gone in the past. But it was great. We had a really good time and I feel like I made a new friend. So that was awesome. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at themiddleofeverythingpodcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at The Middle of Everything, and on Twitter at T-M-O-E Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. Guys, we are here today with Morgan Phillips. Hi, Morgan. Hi. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, so I am the city editor at Tulsa People Magazine, and um, I also co-produce our podcast, which is called Tulsa Talks, and we release on the first and third Wednesdays of every month, so shameless plug there. <laughs> I work at Tulsa People, and then I'm a 30-hour-a-week employee, actually, so I am a part-time stay-at-home mom, too. And I have two young ones. So I have a five-year-old named Haven, 
who is my little spunky enthusiast, but also very sensitive. And then we also have um, a two-year-old named Heidi, and she is our ornery but shy one, big thinker, um, and into a lot of trouble lately. As I think the second kids tend to be. That's (laughs) my new experience with my littlest one. And I should mention, I have a husband as well, and his name is JR, and we've been married 11 years. So we're not here to talk about him. Yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> Valentine's Day shout out. Yeah, right. That was nice. Love you. We had a completely different topic planned for today. <laughs> and then a couple things happened over the last week or so. So we decided to change. Um, but you were telling me before we started recording about something that you just did that ties in with a couple episodes ago when Claire mentioned her uh, hundred hundred things your kids sh- dangerous things your kids should fifty, 50. although I'm quite happy to find fifty more. Okay, okay, so yeah, so Morgan has done one of those recently with her child. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, for the Tulsa Talks podcast, I have this little segment I do once a month called "What the What," and the concept is I go try something new that I've never tried before, and sometimes it's an art class, and sometimes it's something like physical, um, like I did climbing at Climb Tulsa. Um, But somebody brought up the idea, what about riding the city bus? And so it sounds so silly to say, like, oh, my goodness, do a podcast segment about riding the bus. But then really, for the average Tulsan, like, we have no idea how to ride the bus. Like, if we don't rely on that, if we're fortunate enough to not have to rely on that on a regular basis, it's kind of like, where do I start? And so I thought that's a great idea. And um, it just happened to coincide that um, my daughter's school was out day after Martin Luther King Day. They did a little virtual day. So she had assignments to work on, but um, not at school. So she was technically out of school. And so um, I ended up saying, hey, do you want to ride the city bus with me? Because when you're five, riding the bus is super fun. Amazing. She rides the school bus every day to and from school. And so that's her favorite part about kindergarten. And so when I said city bus, she's like, oh, my gosh, yes. Um, And she's always down to do something new. And so um, we did that. We um, live out in far, far east Tulsa. um, And so we did the park and ride program that Tulsa Transit has. Um, So we parked at a local church and we rode the bus into my office. And so she worked with me most of the day and did some homework, played with some My Little Ponies, (laughs) some things like that, but hung out with mom. And so um, the segment that we have coming up on Tulsa Talks, which is uh, March 6th, excuse me, um, will be me kind of talking about that experience. And it definitely was a learning curve. Um, and I made a couple of mistakes, but um, it was <laughs> it was fun and fun to navigate with her and um, just a good experience all the way around. So I think so, because I think, you know, for for anyone that doesn't live in Tulsa that's listening, we don't have, you know, a subway or an L, which probably not a shocker for Tulsa, Oklahoma, for anyone, but it's not a common, you know, thing. It's a very drive, you know, everyone drives a lot in the city, so I wouldn't know where to start either with that. Yeah, it's definitely a city built for cars and motorists, and so especially, and we're very spread out, and so, you know, I don't, I actually have a Tulsa address, but it might as well be Broken Arrow, Mm -hmm. but actually, like, the Tulsa Transit bus route doesn't go that far, and so that's why we had to do that park and ride program. So um, even kind of figuring out, OK, like, let's say my car broke down and I had to ride the bus in. Like, I would have to literally catch a ride with somebody to the park and ride location so the bus could pick me up. So it's really like it took a little bit of research to figure out how how would we do that. And for sure. 
um, it was just, it was kind of a cool experience and something I would do again if I needed to. I mean, totally. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing where I sometimes make things up, but I want to say that, um, was it last year that Tulsa public schools issued free bus passes to all TPS high school kids? So, and so to be clear, that's what the, the danger, the dangerous things that, <laughs> this sounds a little extreme, you guys. We realize riding the bus is not dangerous. But the thing was having your kid ride the bus by themselves. Alone. Right. Like, right. Like riding yeah. the bus. Which probably most of us wouldn't put our five-year-old on a city mm. bus. Although I have to tell you, um, you guys know, or I might have said this on the podcast, that I went to elementary school overseas. And in England, there's no such thing as a school bus. Like they don't – kids ride the bus to school, but they're getting on the bus that everybody gets on. Bus. Um, and wow. you have like, if you're a school kid, you have a pass or whatever, so you can get on and off for free and all of that. But it's not um, segregated for kids. It's just the bus. But also everybody does public transportation, whether it's bus or train or whatever. I had a, a girlfriend that would ride the train like 45 minutes in. This was now we're talking high school, high not school. elementary school, but because she her parents really wanted her to be at that high school. So it was like a big. So the idea of public transportation is something very, very different. But yeah, I think I I think this is true that now if you're in high school at TPS, you can ride the bus at any point. And the idea was to support kids who maybe, you know, the school bus routes go you know, have they have rules? First of all, like you have, you can only ride them if you're with, you know, so far away from your school. Like we're, we we live too close to our school for my kid to ride the bus. Really? Yeah, it's like there's a mile radius thing, which is unfortunate in our case because they couldn't walk if they wanted to because mm-hmm. there's like a highway and some mm-hmm. other things they would have to get across, and there's not great pedestrian situations. But yeah, we don't qualify for bus service from mm-hmm. our house. But anyway, at the at the high school level, you know, the point was like a lot of these kids after school need to get to a completely different part of town for a job or for something like mm-hmm. that. And so I thought that was a really neat addition. And I hope they're still doing it. We'll find out yeah. and share about it back on the podcast. But when I heard that um, the city and the district had kind of partnered up like that, I thought that was really neat, too, because, you know, so much of the stuff on all public transportation is a critical mass thing. Like one, the more people mm-hmm. that do it, the more routes they can afford to run. And the more routes they can afford to run, the more convenient and easy right. it is to ride. So, you know, it's, it's uh, I think sometimes a little bit of a chicken and an egg thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, so I, I'm not, did you have a good experience? Yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah. And I will say, I think that while we're not like a super public transportation um I should say we're not a city known for like our amazing public transportation system in terms of we're not like a big city like Chicago or San Francisco. We don't have that type of a setup. Um, but I think, you know, Tulsa Transit, it sounds like they're making a lot of great progress. Awesome. So let's take a quick break, I think. And when we come back, we have we're going to take a hard left. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> we have something else we need to talk about together. And um, it's uh Uh, Yeah, something we've all experienced with our kiddos now at this point in our lives, which is um, a pet passing away and, and how you handle that. So we'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Morgan, and I told you guys we were going to take a hard left, and we are. So you recently had a pet pass away. Do you want to share about your pet? Sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it happened literally a week ago today. So We had to message her because we were, like I said, going to talk about something completely different. And 
I thought, this is something I've gone through. This is something Claire's gone through. So I was like, are you going to be okay? <laughs> like, now, it's fresh. If it's it fresh. would have been like three days after, I probably would have punted because I was still crying and not wearing any eye makeup. I, um, I'm better now. And... <laughs> Our family's doing well, but so just to tell you a little bit about the situation. So our family dog was a miniature dachshund, a weenie dog, and her name was Daisy B. And so um, she was 11 and she ended up having basically gallbladder disease, I guess is how, the easiest way to say that without using a lot of medical terminology. Um, but we just noticed like in the past few weeks, she had started getting really bloated. And, you know, like weenie dogs are kind of known for their natural shape. And so she just had this like, just like me. yeah, yeah, she just had this true like, like sausage shape. And we were like, this is not her normal. Um, and we even cut back on her food because we thought, you know, OK, like she's just somehow like packing on the pounds. Like, I don't know what's going on. And it just didn't help. And so um, she was also acting kind of different. Like she would just stand and like stare and it was really sad, actually. And um, so I thought, you know, we need to take her in. And it was very weird because she had just gotten her teeth cleaned in December. And then she had had her comprehensive exam like in November. So, I mean, she had been to the vet recently and nobody had identified anything weird going on. But I just was like, something's not right. And so um, we took her in. Um, let's see. It would have been like a week and a half ago. And um, they were able to do a little ultrasound on her abdomen. And they said her gallbladder was really enlarged. And they could tell that there was um, stuff inside it. I don't know if that was like gallstones or like something related. But something wasn't working right. And so all of that was like trapped in her gallbladder. And so what they did was refer us to a specialist. We had made an appointment with a specialist to go and get like a more high-powered ultrasound to see what exactly was going on. And the big question was, does she absolutely need surgery or does she need to just be treated? Can she be treated medically with just medication? And so if she could be treated with just medication, then that's what we would have done. Um, but if she needed surgery, it was going to be a little over $3,000. And so we had made a decision as a family that if that's the case, then she's 11. Her life expectancy is 12 to 14 years. And so we just aren't in a position to, to do that. And we just didn't feel like that was smart. And so we had already made that decision, but we thought we'll go through with the specialist appointment and just see what they suggest. And if they suggest, you know, surgery, then we can kind of talk about because if you wait too long and don't treat that, basically their gallbladder ruptures and then it's like a life threatening situation. They're suffering a ton. And so we just thought if the specialist tells us she needs surgery, period, to fix this, then we will now know we need to have the conversation about putting her down because if it can't be treated medically, we don't want her to suffer. We don't want it to get to the point where her gallbladder ruptures. And so the whole point was that we would wait. So it was like a, it was going to be a week between when she first went to the vet and we figured out what the problem probably was and then the specialist could get us in. And so um, basically they sent us home with like an antibiotic, anti-inflammatory and like some pain medication for her. And um like over the next three days, she just got worse. And mm -hmm. it was to the point where she just wasn't, she just couldn't get comfortable. Like she, um, like she was a big snuggler and like loves to lay around. And so she just, you know, she couldn't even do that comfortably. And she had also like started going to the bathroom in the house a lot. And so 
I think maybe because of like looking back, like things pushing on her bladder or like it was just making it more uncomfortable for her to like go to the door and bark and be let out. And she just was having trouble with her mobility for that reason. And so, yeah, it kind of got to the point last Saturday where we woke up and I was like, I just think that we need to call the vet. Like, I think it's time and I don't think we're going to make it till Wednesday um, to see the specialist. And so my husband agreed and it was like, we waited a few hours cause we were kind of like, well, she might, and you kind of, you look for signs like, mm-hmm. I think she's feeling better, you know, like she's, she's moving around a little bit more and it's just like, we're in denial, you know? And so I had to call into the vet to just kind of talk to her about options. And, um, we had a birthday party to go to. And so that was a kind of a good distraction, but we had told the girls, I think a couple days before that we had said, you know, Daisy's probably getting near the end of her life. And we had talked about, you know, dogs don't live forever and everybody dies. And and so, um, you know, we just need to enjoy the time we have with her as much as possible and give her lots of snuggles and to kind of prepare them. So they weren't just blindsided by this. They knew that she had been slowing down and not feeling well. Um, but yeah, so basically we ended up, it was crazy because my husband and um, our five-year-old had the, a daddy-daughter dance to go to Saturday night at like six o'clock. Well, we ended up, the vet finally calls us back and is like, if you bring her right now, we can get her in because we don't we don't want her to be miserable. And we had at that point already made the decision, like if it can happen today or tomorrow, like it needs to because she's suffering. And so um, they just said, you know, we want to get you in today, if at all possible. So we ended up going there at like three o'clock. What's crazy and um, I honestly have some mixed feelings about is that um, at first I said I didn't want to go. Like my husband said, I said, I want somebody there with her when it happens. And so my husband said, well, I'll do it. And he had had two other dogs like growing up that they both had both had to be put down like they didn't die naturally. Um, And so he was like, I'll I'll do that. Well, then, like, as time went on, I said, no, I think I should be there. I, I think I'll regret it if I'm not. So then I go from not going to I want to be there with you. So my mom comes over and watches the girls while we go to the vet together. And then what ended up happening was in the moment, I ended up holding her like while it happened. And so I have mixed feelings about that because it was just very heavy. Like I've never been that close to death before. And so like I literally... I'm going to try not to cry, but like I literally we may have to take a break for us to all stop crying. Yeah. Like <laughs> like I told my husband later and, and I wasn't planning to hold her like it was just weird because she, you know, was nervous and trying to get down. And I was just like, oh, I'll just hold her, you know, just instinctively. And so then they're like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Well, like I just like I literally felt her heart stop beating, you know what I mean? And so I just was like wow, I was not prepared for that or expecting that. And so like in hindsight, I'm like, you know, was that the best thing? But then I talked to a friend and they said, I think with time, you will be so glad that you did because she felt so safe with you. And, and that's true. And like the last few weeks she was alive. I mean, she was following me of all people. Like my husband was kind of her person um, from day one, but like she was following me around the house from room to room. And so um, for some reason, she, I think, felt safe with me. And so like for that reason, I'm glad that I was holding her um, because I feel like she was um, like comforted by my presence. But it was just like very heavy and like, whoa, I wasn't expecting 
to be in that position. Um, they they gave us the option, you know, they gave us a, they were like, they handled it super well. And we just use being filled at PetSmart. So just shout out to them. They handled it so well and were so gracious to us and gave us like all the time we wanted with her. And, and then they had given us the option, you know, do, do you want to like have her cremated and you can take, you know, her remains home and do whatever you want with them? Or would you like to um, have us cremate her? And they said we um, spread like the remains of the pets that we cremate um, in an apple orchard. And um, later I was like, I don't know if they really do that, but I'm believing that that's true. (laughs) Like, why would they lie? You know, but so when they said that, my husband said, oh, the girls would like to hear that. And so um, that's what we chose. And so. Um, she is somewhere in an apple orchard somewhere that may not exist, but I'm believing that it does. And so anyway, that's, that's the saga of our pet loss. That's such a good story. And I'm going to tell you, as someone who has not been there when either pet got put down. So for background, it, all of our listeners know I'm a crazy person with too many pets and always have been. So I have had three cats and one dog pass in the last you know, five, you know, five to six years, I guess, two had to be put down, two of the cats did. And both times for just purely logistical reasons, I could not be there. And I wish I had been like in the first one, uh, the first cat passed away two days after I got home from the hospital with my oldest son. So I physically couldn't go. I was still, you know, recovering and just starting to nurse and was in pain and so many hormones yeah, <laughs> going absolutely. through as I'm being told over the phone that they're going to have to put the cat down. That's real. Cannot and even imagine. My husband is there with her, but this had been my baby cat since college, you know, Aww. so that was a lot. And I, for her in particular, would have done anything to be there with her there's gonna be a lot of crying I'm just like I know. <laughs> like seven years and I'm still crying about I this. know and then our other cat was more recent I mean it's still been like three years ago he just suddenly like a couple days after Christmas just sort of he had showed no indication that anything was wrong with him other than maybe slowing down but again he was about 14 so pretty old and suddenly just had to be taken and I was home with the kids and taking someone to the airport after Christmas and so my husband just again had my poor husband had to put two cats down but and that was his cat to begin with so I think it was right that he was there with him but I think you'll be glad yeah there I know that's got to be so hard to yeah. experience that I felt like the first few days like that was one of the <clears> hardest <throat> things like like a it's so hard because they're part of your routine and so then like there's literally this this like void in your routine like of oh she's not following me from room to room or mm-hmm. and even things like that which were super annoying in the moment um like stop following me but <laughs> but then you're like looking for her now you know or totally. like she would always like lick our bowls and plates like after we got done eating which again was super annoying that she would expect that but um but now nobody does that and now if we drop something on the floor like it just sits there until we pick <laughs> it up like imagine <laughs> we were used to having a dog vacuum cleaner and so anyway so that's like hard but then also I just felt like 
having been there, I, you know, I did replay that a lot in my head. And so even now, like a week out, like if I dwell on it, like I do, like I do cry and like get sad. But I mean, the first, the first couple of days, like were just rough because I felt like I'm like, I have PTSD from like being there, like not to minimize that for anybody who's been through something like super, super traumatic, but it was traumatic for me in that moment. Cause I've never, I've been very fortunate to not experience a lot of grief in my life. And, um, but I will say my husband was just super like encouraging and like, just like a rock. Um, and he like he lost his mother um, from breast cancer when he was 21. And so like that has been like the worst, you know, loss of his life. Um, and then again, he had lost pets before. And so um, I had one dog growing up and she like she just died of natural causes. And so like I didn't we didn't have to make that decision. And so he'd been through all that. And so he's really helped me through a lot of it. And um, just what he went through with his mom, like that's just that gives me a lot of perspective to be like, gosh, like I've been so fortunate to not have to go through that, but not to minimize like the the loss that I am feeling because she literally came um, like two months after we got married. I ended up buying her for my husband to surprise him, but I bought the dog I wanted, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, like. And so, but I don't remember being married, like, without her. And so, you know, 11 years is a long time. And they're part of your family. And they're part yeah. of, like you said, your routine from day to day. Even those annoying things that in the moment you're just like, ah, stop yes. barking at me. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Right. But it's, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. So I have a just a way, way, way different, like, experience with the whole thing. So my... Um, all three of my parents are veterinarians, and my grandfather was a veterinarian too. So, wow. and my grandfather and my it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so only um, one. So my grandfather started a private practice in New Mexico, which my dad now has. My other two parents like did it not as a like not in private practice. So they work for the government. My or my mom started teaching at a vet school like so okay so that's my story but I grew but my on my dad's side so since I was born we've had a vet clinic and um, so I grew up since forever I mean when you're when your parents have a small business of any kind I'm gonna assume that it's like roll up your sleeves and you're just there. like if you want to see your parents you will be there so I grew up doing it all walking dogs, cleaning out cages, filing things. Like that was just like what summer vacations were for us. And I had from the earliest time I can remember done exactly what you just did for other people. Oh my gosh. um, Strays because you would be shocked at how often, I mean, mean, this is a small town too. So that they're in, so probably in um, big cities and stuff, I assume and I do remember my dad like going out to the shelter if they needed like a vet to come out and do something. But also we would get plenty of like just strays dropped off at the clinic. Wow. And lots of times it would be like you call the shelter and say, hey, do you have somebody that can take this or do you guys have room for this animal? Or, you know, there's always that decision because so often strays come with a lot of health problems right. or injuries or things like that. So just I mean, you guys, you cannot love animals a whole lot and be a veterinarian no 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 I take that back you can you can love them a lot but you can't be soft-hearted um I mean my parents love animals don't get me wrong but they are very pragmatic like you cannot not be 
And mm-hmm. for every one of you guys that's a pet owner, there's also a pet owner that's like, oh, my kid, my dog's barfing, put it down. Like there's plenty of people wow. that will not invest in their animals and won't. And that's the hardest thing in the world for a good veterinarian is to deal with bad owners. But anyway, so I'm just saying, like, I grew up in a very just like life cycles were (laughs) just a part of every day from as young as I can remember. So so that was my experience. Now, I've got two kids for whom that is not a part of their day to day (laughs) whatsoever. And so when our two, so we had two dogs, Josh had his college dog, I had my college dog. And we merged our college dogs <laughs> and made our little family. Um, but when Josh's dog, Dutch, died, who was, you guys are going to disagree with me, but he was the best dog on the planet. And no, <laughs> no other dog was better than this dog. Lab, just just the sweetest, dumbest, bestest dog in the whole world. When he died, I was a little bit, I mean, of course I had emotions because he, he was our dog. But um, I was, it, it, it occurred to me how much my early childhood had like influenced me because my kids like I was like weirded out by like my kids still talk about it this was like over two years ago Mm -hmm. and they still talk about it and I'm just like yeah pets die like I I I I realize how that makes me sound to both of you and like cold cold heart heart. tears in your eyes right now and and I mean I don't want to minimize the how much I loved him but it was just like not that experience for me can I just clarify okay so you literally held pets at the vet clinic where your dad your parents owned it yeah and like while they were put down yeah like how Young were you? Starting out. Pet down if somebody's not holding it. But how, like, how young were you? Um, Like, when it. I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely elementary school age for sure. Oh my gosh. And have you followed up with therapy? (laughs) I am like. I am literally about to cry like for you because I did it one time and I feel like my life has changed forever. Like, what? No, no, no. Okay, so here's the story. Like, what'll happen is it'll be like You're a Saturday. Like the tin man over here. Like, <laughs> you guys. What is happening? You guys. No, so, I see. This is not where I thought this was going. <laughs> I have never heard this story from you. What is so happening just, right like, now? Let me describe to you though. Like you. Like, okay, normal business, not a problem. But that Saturday call when you're a vet and you get that call on a Saturday afternoon that's like, my dog is not going to make it till Monday. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to help. You know, I need help. And my dad, of course, because this is the human he is, like drops everything and is like, I'll meet you there in 20 minutes. And car full of kids, wherever we were at the grocery store or something, we're going down to the vet clinic to meet these people. And sometimes they felt very comfortable holding their animal and doing that. And sometimes they didn't. And my dad's the vet. So he's doing the vet part of this job. So who else is in the room? You know what I mean? His young elementary school age daughter. (laughs) Like, what? What is happening? No, I just, it really was not the thing for me because you got to, I mean, when some, when you're, if you believe that you're putting an animal out of its misery. Yes. And it is not your animal. Uh So you're not dealing with all of these like emotional ties to the animal. Instead, you're just like. Just business. I mean, it really is. You're like when when the kids, like kids that grow up on a farm, you know, where they're just like. That's what I'm trying to describe to you. Right. Claire Claire is like the angel of death. Yeah. The pet pet angel of death. (laughs) I do not know what's happening with this conversation. I know. It's super true. Oh, okay. Other weird, like granddaughter of a veterinarian story. Um, There was a kitten that got hit by a truck on like a Saturday or something. I happened to be at the vet clinic. Somebody brings us in. And of course, I'm just like, whew. 
on this cat. Like, yeah. I'm like, this is my cat now. Stray, hit by a truck, limping, got shattered a leg. So um, my dad and my grandpa, you know, fix it up, whatever. They're like, fine, keep the cat, whatever. So I name him Milo. He's um, orange and stripy and soft and snuggly. And I know for a fact that leg's going to get better, you guys. Like, I just know for a fact it is. So time goes on, few weeks. Like, he's still kind of, like, dragging the leg. I think maybe months. Like, I was a kid, so my memory could be a little <laughs> off. But it's, like, a really long time. And my grandpa kept telling me, like, that leg's not getting better. You, we should just cut it off. Like, it's a it's a problem for him. Like, we should cut it off. And that was the, that was the thing. I was like, I couldn't imagine cutting off a cat's leg. Like, that. Like I was like, no, like, you can't. What do you mean? Like, it might get better. Like, why would you do that? And, and even if it doesn't get better, isn't it better to have a leg that doesn't work than not have a leg? Like, this, these are the things I went through in my mind. So I just was like, no, 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 no. I came home from school one day and I had a three-legged cat, y'all. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! My grandpa just straight up cut that leg off, oh, and he was no. like, because it was he was dragging it, and yeah. it was like getting, you know, he's getting sure, and he couldn't feel it. Sure. The cat couldn't feel the leg, but it was getting, you know, sore and infected and whatever. It was completely the right choice. But when I tell, pe- that's the story where I'm like, my grandpa cut off my cat's leg, but like, the cat was fine after that, he right? Was completely fine. Lived until he was like 16. Oh my, oh my goodness! Fat. He could jump. He had the strongest, like, hind legs. Yeah. He could jump everywhere. He just had to be an inside cat because he clearly could not defend himself uh-huh. in any way, shape, or form. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we just – it was all very matter-of-fact. Yeah. It was – This you know, explains a lot, a lot of about you to me. Going on. Yeah. Oh, my dear. But so anyway, so it's funny having because I think, you know, part of this conversation is like we process it as adults, but also have to help our kids process it. And so what was eye opening for me was that maybe my childhood was atypical in regards to pets, (laughs) vis-a-vis pets. Um, But then also like Josh and I both had this moment when Dutch died where we just looked at each other and we're like, what do we do? Because every other time we had a pet pass away, it was our, like our parents handled that process. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time where we were the parents. We were the adults in this mm-hmm. scenario and that we were having to kind of try and like figure it out and then also communicate with our children right. and like help them through it. So that it's, was a very weird experience. So how old were your kids when Dutch died? Uh, so, uh, so I'm going to guess it was two years ago, which would put them at four and seven. Ish. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ish. And they still talk about it. So like old if enough you ask, to process yes, and remember. If you ask and... my six-year-old, how many pets do you have? He'll say, we have two. Oh, but one of them died. So now we have one. Aww. Like he will still, two years mm-hmm. later. It still like, includes oh, the pet. Oh. We haven't had two dogs in a really long time. Yeah. No. But yeah, it's just like. And that's I think how that he... I would say the same thing because I feel like my, well, we had the, the run where there was one year. Mm-hmm. We lost the cat, the dog, and then another cat within one calendar year. Wow. Um, they were all very old. So the cat was mm-hmm. 14, the dog was 17, the other cat was 18. And and the, the cat and the dog, the first cat, were within like two weeks of each other. And this wow. is something I can look back at now and sort of laugh about. But, but you poor at thing. the moment, not. So I, when the dog died, he died at home naturally. Like we, we made the call to the vet where we were like, I was like, I think... I don't think he's going to make it. And she kind of said, is he in pain? And I said, I don't think so. I can just tell, like, he's he's not really moving. He's not breathing. And she said, if, if it gets bad, I can put him down. But you also just might want to let him die peacefully at home if you don't feel like he's in a lot of pain. And so that's what we did. And I sat with him in the laundry room and kind of 
you know, mm-hmm. cried my tears and hid it from my kids because it was it was one of those, you know, busy evenings at home when it was all going down. It's like we're, we're making dinner. We're putting giving baths. We're putting kids to bed. And I think at that time it was about uh, we were probably about one and a half and four or five-ish with mm-hmm. our kids. But um, so the little one doesn't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but the older one did. And I didn't in, – in all that happening that night, I didn't want him to see the body. I didn't want him to – yeah. No, I wanted to prepare myself before I talked to him. So the dog dies <clears throat> in the laundry room. He was tiny. He was a little chihuahua. I put him in a shoebox. <laughs> put him in the trunk of my car. <laughs> I have to drive the kids to school the next morning with a dead dog in the back of my oh, car. No. <laughs> then go to the vet to pick up the ashes from the cat that had died two weeks <sighs> previously and drop off the dog's body in the same transaction. Oh, my goodness. It was... Yeah, it was right. not a good that's day. A lot. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, again, now when you when I frame it that way, it's kind of funny. But mm-hmm. It, mm. in the moment, it was bad. But he, I will say, he will. My older son will still ask about mm-hmm. the, the dog and the cat that died. I mean, the cats mm-hmm. that died when he was four or five. We just keep filling our house with more pets, so we've got plenty of things to distract sure. us, which. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. is good, and we kind of live in chaos, and we're okay with that. But it did help, I think, to mm-hmm. have the other dogs that were much younger to, you know, there wasn't that void of silence, or you know what I mean. That it yeah. seems like happens when Morgan. Do you pass. guys have other pets? Um, we have a fish, Gideon, <laughs> a beta that will <laughs> probably never die because yeah. <laughs> betas live forever. And um, we inherited it from a neighbor that moved. But um, yeah, it's interesting because so you know, again, the younger when's like when they're you know one or two like they don't really process you know they don't really understand I mean like Heidi knew I I said you know say bye-bye to Daisy whenever we were about to take her to the vet and she said bye-bye and petted her and then like since then I know she understands because I you know not to like prolong like anybody's sadness or anything but I just kind of said do you miss Daisy and Mm -hmm. she said yeah and she kind of got this look on her face and she said sick and I said, that's right. She was sick. And so I said, but she's not sick anymore because that's the thing is like for helping our girls process it, like, you know, they know that their grandma Shannon, my husband's mom is in heaven. And like, so, and, and we're like followers of Jesus. And so like, we, we talk a lot about like heaven and um, like what the Bible says about heaven and all of that. And for those Bible theologians out there, I fully know that the Bible does not promise us that our pets will be in heaven. Like I know that. So don't go saying like the Bible doesn't say that, but I'm just saying we choose like as a family <laughs> to say that Daisy is with Jesus. And so fantastic listeners who only keep those comments positive. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. That no one's going to second guess yeah. your family's uh, approach to death yeah. here. So, so we, we have talked about that a lot and just about how, you know, she was suffering and in pain and, um, and, and Haven being five, you know, she she understands all of that. And so um, that we, you know, as pet owners, we get to make the choice um, when we know that our animals are suffering and hurting um, to in their life so that they can go and be with Jesus and um, and not have to hurt anymore. And so she she understands that. But what I will say is, is interesting is, you know, I mean, every kid's personality is different and how they like respond to loss and stuff is different. Um, but. I will say, like, I fully think my kids have, like, moved on from it. Like, <laughs> like Haven did cry. Like, she cried Saturday, and then I think she cried the next day and was like, I miss Daisy. But Daisy was really, like, my husband and I's dog. Mm-hmm. And so she tolerated our kids, but, like, she did not love children. She really did not, like, yeah. love any other pets or people, mm-hmm. really, outside of sure. me and JR and then, like, my parents. And so she, she was, you know— 
like, believe me, not a saint at all. Um, but in terms of like the kids relationship with her, um, they loved her, but like it just wasn't the same. And so after a couple of days, like Haven was was fine. And so then, you know, Claire, you emailed me about the the book that yes, is the Mr. Is. Rogers book, which is like when a pet dies. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we're, we'll link up to this, you guys, because. I know we're, I'm going to let you finish that thought, but let me just tell you, like, this book has now been passed. So friend of the podcast, uh, Jana, gave it to me. She got it, I believe, from her mother. I have now passed it on to Sarah. Like, we're, like, spreading the gospel of Fred <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Rogers. Yes. yes. Like, like, if you ever needed just to feel a little bit better about something that's horrific, he's your guy. Yes. So anyway, I so in preparation for this episode, I had sent uh, I sent you the link yeah. to this book so you could check it out. So yeah, so I Amazon primed that baby and was like, <laughs> yes, I need all the resources because I was like deep in the still crying like five times a day over our dog and everything. And so um, by the time it came though, like, I really felt like if I read it to the girls, <laughs> that they would be like, what? Even two days later, like even right. with Prime. Yeah. Like, they it was like, I needed overnight shipping, I guess, is what I needed. But it's like they would have been like, wait, huh? And so, because they'd moved on, right. you know, and kids it's are resilient and just, they're, yeah. And, and again, like some kids are going to talk about it two years later and some kids, you know, aren't. But anyway, so, um, so I felt like the book was more for me because I just was like, I'm the one Googling articles about like pet loss, like, you know, grief, like grieving a pet and all of this and just like reading all of these articles I can find online. And so for me, like the Mr. Rogers book was like, a great resource, you know. Also, they're like Mr. Rogers is like ours. Like he's yes, our and that's part of it. It's yeah, just the nostalgia, nostalgia of yeah. like he just he's, yeah. He's talked me through some things, yep. y'all. I and tried to just one more. <laughs> I tried to explain one time about Mr. Rogers because like Daniel Tiger right. is big at our house, and I was like, Daniel Tiger actually got his start on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It was this show with this man, and my daughter was like, Wait, what? Huh? You know, well, and the old Mr. wasn't Rogers animated episodes are on PBS Kids now. The, oh. And so I, my I had a sick kid on Wednesday and he was really feeling bad, didn't want to watch anything he normally wanted to watch. And he I just was trying to distract him from how bad he felt. So I tried to turn Mr. Rogers on thinking it's this like calm, mm-hmm. mellow kind of noise that might just soothe him. Mm-hmm. I think it's on for like 30 seconds and he goes, this is boring, mom. <laughs> and your heart broke into little pieces. Yes, I was like, okay. Yeah, I wanted to I watch know. Mr. I Rogers. Know. But yeah, but, that's what I was going to say. They know Daniel Tiger now. Yeah. But one thing I think was good in the book, like it talks about having a funeral for your pet. And um, yeah, that's something we haven't done yet, but that's something that I told my husband. I really, when it gets a little bit warmer, um, we have a big backyard and um, we had actually bought some... Like little trees to plant this spring anyway. Um, one of them's a red bud. And for me, like red buds kind of like mean something to me. We have one in our front yard that my grandfather gave me. Um, and now he has like memory issues and dementia. And so like, like that particular tree holds memories for, for me. And, um, and then, uh, so I was like, let's, plant this little red butt that we have and plant it in honor of Daisy in our backyard, which is where she liked to run around and bark at people um, (laughs) on the other side of the fence. And so then we also have this little planter because when you are a weenie dog person, people buy you all the weenie dog things. And so I literally have 
like all this stuff up around my house. Well, I have a weenie dog planter that is like, I'm not kidding you, almost the exact same size as Daisy. Mm-hmm. And the back is hollowed out so you can plant flowers in it or whatever. And so um, it's sitting on our front porch right now. But I said, I really want to move that to the backyard and put some flowers in it and plant it and put it under that tree. And that can be kind of like a little memorial to her since she's not actually, That's you know, awesome. buried and we didn't sprinkle her ashes in our backyard or anything like that. But I think by that time, like we'll all be able to stand around and be like, what's a good memory about Daisy? Like what's something that was like a funny memory about Daisy um, and you know we can kind of talk about it um, and I think again maybe that's more for me than for them but um, I think it'll be like a healthy thing for our family. I think so Absolutely. and I wish we had done that. We did opt for cremation which you know the, the first pet that died again had just had a baby lots of hormones and lots of guilt for not being there with her so I sprung for like the fancy wood box with like her name on it. I know Claire's rolling her eyes at me across the room. With no, I'm not. I think stone it's stone heart. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because I totally. Of course you did that. Of yes, course I did. 100. Yeah. So then, I mean that had been done. So then when the next one died, I couldn't not do that. For <laughs> you set a precedent. I have a whole shelf now. Oh we my. Had and you won't stop acquiring pets. No, Sarah. I won't. So eventually, like, I'll you're just have be a one of those weird of order people. Oh my like, god! Like Bo's gonna like be bringing friends home from college and is like, "Don't look over there. It's my mom's no. dead pet." So like, <laughs> we had a housekeeper come in before Christmas, and apparently, uh, she she brought a, a family member who was helping her, and the the sister was deathly afraid of dogs, so we had to keep all the dogs outside, and super creeped out by the shelf. <laughs> Apparently, because our, our housekeeper told us later, my sister did not want to go in that room. That's hilarious. <laughs> but we, but anyway, so when when we did it for the ones where my kids were around, because again, the first one, he was, you know, two days old. He doesn't know anything about that. Um, but I struggled with, I, I did not tell him the pet had been cremated because he's he was four or five. I did not think he was going to understand. Uh-huh. Like we burned the body. And that's like, scary so sounding. Weird and creepy. Yeah. yeah. So we just call them statues. With their names on them. So they're just these little boxes that have their name. It's not like prominently featured in my decor, you guys. It's like back in a room on a shelf. But no, you still, guys should picture like a there's shrine. There's a shrine to all of our pets. No, it's one shelf that is getting full. So I need all my pets now to live for a while. Um, but it, it was kind of a weird, I mean, we could, we could show it to him and talk to him about it. We didn't do like a sure. funeral, you know, necessarily, but... He knows that those are there and he knows, you know, mm-hmm. that that's, again, we just call them statues. Because, again, who knows if they actually have my pet's ashes. Right. I mean, we don't no know. Yeah. yeah. But I will say it's really cool to, like, be able to see, like, I think, you know, every experience that we go through in life, like, it can build character if we choose to let it. And so, like, I think loss of any kind, you know, it sucks, but it can also, you know, build character and good can come from it. But I think it's been really cool to see how I feel like this has taught Haven for one, but Heidi too has picked up on a lot of just my emotions and my sadness. It teaches them empathy, I think, mm-hmm. for people because, you know, I I literally for the first two days, I like, could not stop crying. And I mean, like, I at first was trying to hide it from my kids and then I'm like, you know what? No, like this yeah. is life and life is messy and death is messy and like, you know, this is just the reality of it and um and so like and I actually think it shows them it's okay to be sad. It is, too. yeah. You I don't have to be perfect. And you I was explaining it. I was bawling my eyes out explaining it to my son, you know. Right. He died, like in with the two that died at home, the dog and the 
second cat both died at home because they were old and they just sort of went peacefully. But then he wants to see the body and I have to explain that we're, we're not going to do that. But, you <laughs> right. know, but, but I'm crying and I'm just like, you know, mommy's sad. Mm-hmm. Like I had them for 18 years. That's a long time, you know, and mm-hmm. I haven't known you for 18 years. No, yet. I know. Yeah. Not, not many people have. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I you know, I had to explain like they were mm-hmm. my friend and right. I think it, it's good to show them that, you know, like we're upset, like mm-hmm. grownups are upset. I do too. And one thing I thought was interesting, so like, you know, obviously kids pick up on, you know, their parents' emotions um, and all of that. And so, like I said, Haven did cry like the first couple of days, I think maybe like two times total. And, and then she was fine. And then, um, but I was like, I kept getting upset and like little things would trigger me. And so I'd just be crying and she'd be like, mom, are you crying again? I'm like, yeah, I'm crying again. I'm just sad, but I'll be okay. And I would say, I'm not going to be this sad forever. And so she's like, okay, well, but what was interesting was that if she saw me crying, it was like you could see in her little brain where she thought, oh, I'm supposed to be sad, too. And so she would literally be like, hmm, and like kind of get this like sad look on her face. And I just finally like I realized what she was doing. And I said, listen, I said, everybody handles you know, somebody dying a different way. And I said, just because mommy's sad and mommy's crying doesn't mean that you have to cry too. Like, I know that you miss Daisy and that's enough. And so like, don't feel like you have to be sad if, if you're not sad right now. And she was like, okay. And then it was just like, okay, good. Well, I'm not. So, you know, but it was like, she was doing it for my benefit. And I'm like, I don't want her feeling like that she yeah. can't be genuine with her own emotions and true to herself. And so anyways, How perceptive of you though. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just interesting, but, but I will say last night, so I kind of was shying away from like any mention of like like pets or like they wanted to watch some show like the day that she died on Netflix and it had like a real dog in it and I was like can we just not like mommy just doesn't want to have that on right now and um and so they watched something different but last night um they wanted to watch you know those Air Buddies movies oh, gosh, with the labs so they're terrible Yes. They're terrible. Like, objectively terrible. Yeah. But they had in their mind that they wanted to watch Spooky Buddies, which they couldn't end up finding, but they found Treasure Buddies, which is <laughs> the next best thing, apparently. <laughs> and so they really wanted to watch it. And so so we did. And, you know, and it's labs, which, again, we had a weenie dog. So I might have felt differently if it was like weenie dog buddies or something. But, you know, so we're all sitting there <laughs> the watching it. <laughs> yeah. The, the sequel. But um, we're eating popcorn and everything. And it was really sweet because Haven looked over and she was like mom you like this movie don't you and I said yeah I said it's it's cute and she goes okay and I go why do you ask and she said well I just know you still miss Daisy and so it's like she was checking on me because she knew that so I don't know it's like those little glimpses of empathy that you're like okay you are gonna turn out okay and not be like (laughs) you know totally into yourself you know because kids are just all about themselves like that's just the way it is so I had the best moment um of that the other day I was at work uh, traveling for work and so I've, I called home and was talking to the boys and asking them about their day and they shared with it they shared about their day and then I'm like okay well I'm gonna let you go and Oliver my nine-year-old stopped and he goes wait mom I haven't asked you about your day oh and I was so sweet like, all right boom yeah I mean, like done great oh, it was fine whatever but the point awesome. is you asked oh, oh yeah. I know so, it makes you so happy yeah I know 
you take the wins where you can find them, guys. For sure. You do. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to link up to this book, though. Yeah. Fred Rogers is where it's at. If you have any, if you're listening to this and you have any resources you want to recommend, either for adult humans going through something (laughs) or for kids um, to kind of help your kids deal with it, I will say just to, like, take a weird turn with this – Um, one thing I was talking about with my girlfriends was like how, when you have multiple pets, how the other pets react. Mm -hmm. Oh. And so when our dog passed away, when Dutch died, he died at home during the day in the yard. He and Honey were out there and he went to his corner. And like I said, I mean, best dog on the planet. Uh Didn't even make us make the decision. So Uh he died. But, um, she was out there with him for an hour or so before. We know it was about an hour because everyone was kicking it when I took the kids to school and then Josh came home Uh because Dutch had been sick the night before. So he came home to check on him. And so sometime within that hour, Uh he went to the back of the yard and and did his thing (laughs) and laid down. But anyway, Honey was back there with him. And so in talking it through with my parents, they said that actually that can be because she knows, like, I mean, they're animals. Uh So she knows that he is dead and died and she was there and she smelled him and she understood and all of that and sometimes you hear about like pets that'll like walk or like seem like they're looking for their yes their other pet buddy or something and we did not have that with her so i'm not saying obviously you can't orchestrate that um there was nothing that josh or i did to create that experience Mm -hmm. but um i'm also just interested if if you're listening to this and you have any tips because um if your pet didn't like if that wasn't your experience and you feel like your other animal is maybe having issues Mm -hmm. that's just something that came up recently with some friends of ours and i wasn't sure yeah what to tell them i will say definitely the cat the first cat that went Mm -hmm. the other cat although they hated each other they hated each other, their whole mm-hmm. existence together. She roamed the house yeah. looking for him and crying oh, wow. um, after he passed. And then just within the same week, so this was even when your dog passed and I saw that, another friend of mine, and so this is kind of weird side story, but has this bunny, this is Instagram famous bunny, a bunny mm-hmm. named Barnaby. Uh, it's, he's adorable. He passed very unexpectedly a couple weeks ago, and they also have two other bunnies at home. And she did something I thought was smart. I think after he passed at the vet, they brought his body home mm-hmm. and let the other bunnies see it so they would understand yeah. that he huh. was gone. Kind and of the same theory. Yeah, she like, said yeah. that they they did. I she th- you know because she's she's kind of she posts on Instagram again. Just she's been kind of following up with what's going on in their house and what's mm-hmm. going on with. The other bunnies and how they all feel and she's commented on the other animals behavior changing and some of the things that they've been doing so we didn't do that we didn't think to do that with ours that had to be put down at the vet but I think that was a good move I think yeah. especially they have multiple other pets sure. as do we so it was kind of a yeah. you know way to let the other animals say goodbye because they didn't get to do that before he went to the vet because they weren't sure what was wrong with him when they took him. And so absolutely. Well, we always love true. we always love hearing about uh, how other <clears throat> people have handled situations um, that we talk about here on the show. So yeah. email us, hit us up on social media. We would love to know and um, yeah. we'll talk about it. Thanks yeah. for bearing with us on this heavy episode. Yeah, Thank you, Morgan, Thanks for, for having me on talking with us about it. I know it's fresh so we appreciate yeah. it but it's I think okay it's it was good therapy for me that's right <laughs> like i mean the middle of everything it's just yeah. one big therapy session for sarah <laughs> and i true. Anyway, so I if anyone else gets anything out of it great that's why we started it <laughs> absolutely okay well again 
Morgan and uh, the team over at Tulsa People, uh, Tulsa Talks podcast. We will link up to all of this. Mm -hmm. Check them out for sure. You post the first and third Wednesday. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay, perfect. So we'll have everything linked up. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.